Hey everybody, um, I have a bit of an unusual flow cast today. I'm not sure if I'm even supposed to do this or not, but I'm going to because it just feels right and I'm just so excited I have to share this with you all. Hi, I'm Lisa MK Ling and welcome to One Small Thing. So the one small thing I want to share with you today is <laughs> actually a huge, huge thing. It's a huge breakthrough that somebody I've been working with for the past five months has had and I want to share it with you because it's inspiring and it shows what's possible and it opens a gateway for all of us and it opens a path forward for everybody listening. And here's the story. So I've been working with a kid who's 14. He was 14 when we started five months ago. He had a uh, bad concussion, fell on his head, off of a ski jump, and um, had really bad symptoms. And this is a really high energy kid who loves to do stuff. And all of a sudden, he's forced to do nothing, to sit in a dark room with no sound, no light, and be absolutely still. And it felt like torture to him, honestly, when we first started working together. And absolute torture for a high-energy boy to do this. <laughs> and he did not know how he was going to get through it at all. And I introduced him to the idea that this was not torture. This was actually something called being. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> being. There's a word for it. Being. What he was used to was doing. Skiing, mountain biking, talking to friends, going here, going there, hiking, being outside, doing stuff. That was his world. Doing, doing, doing. Being was not even on the table. It was not even a thing. For him it was not a concept in his mind which is in the bigger scheme of things partly why this happened to bring back a balance and I think you all know what I'm talking about when your life when your perspective when your activities get out of balance the universe has a way of bringing us all back into balance and sometimes this happens harshly because we don't listen otherwise and this was his way of it happening and when we first started working together I, I told him that someday he's going to see this differently he's going to see this accident as one of the best things that's ever happened to him because it's going to open a doorway to a whole other world and it's been a long road over the last five months with a lot of ups and downs with a lot of tools that he's learned of breathing of exercising of writing affirmations of choosing of setting intention of monitoring and regulating himself of looking inside at his thoughts his feelings his actions his intentions setting his intention for what he wants a whole world 
of the inner landscape that he did not even know existed before, that he started diving into because he had to. And he was pretty reluctant and skeptical at first, very much so. And there were a lot of ups and downs, mini breakthroughs, highs, and then lows, and plunging to greater depths. And he went right down into a very, very dark, deep pit of despair. But today, <laughs> today, 10 days after he was at the bottom, 10 days ago, he was at the bottom. And I said to him, I said, okay, you're just going to have to believe me. (laughs) You're just going to have to believe me and stop doubting. Just like in the Matrix, when Morpheus says to Neo, you know, they're standing on the top of a skyscraper and Morpheus is about to jump across. They're doing jump training. And Morpheus turns and says to Neo, you have to let it all go, Neo your fears, your doubts, your disbelief. Free your mind. And then he jumps across the skyscraper and wants Neo to follow him. And Neo's full of doubt, but he does it. That's what I said to this kid. He turned 15 during the time we were working with together. So now he's 15. I said, you gotta let it all go. Your fears, your doubts, your disbelief that healing is possible, that living fully is possible. Free your mind. And I told him, it's like a video game. Life is like a video game. You're in one room and it's just basically, everything's hard and difficult and it's like hell. You know, there's the monsters chasing you and you, you can't get out and everything is just going worse and worse and worse. And then all of a sudden you discover a doorway and you find the key and you put the key in the lock and you turn it and you open the door and you pass through to a completely different world. And in that world, there's meadows and grass and waterfalls and mountains and open sky and rainbows and butterflies and birds and squirrels and chipmunks and things are in harmony. There's no chaos, conflict and competition. Things are actually operating in harmony. There's a coherence to everything. It all fits together. And we've been working on this for a while and I've recorded meditations for him to listen to, to help guide him into this place and go through that doorway. But he never listened to them until 10 days ago. He started, he was ready, he was finally ready. I recorded a meditation months ago, specifically for him, but he never listened to it until 10 days ago. And then he started, because he was ready. I said, you're just gonna have to believe me. And he said, okay, okay, I will. And then he listened to it and he's been doing his breathing exercises and listening to it and allowing himself, giving himself permission to go to a different space inside, to access a different part of himself, 
to connect to a different part of himself, to his spirit, to the core, to the core energy. And when you do that, you feel the chi, the prana, the life force energy flowing in your veins. You do. It feels like a tingling, a buzzing. Maybe some people who take weed or do drugs feel it feels like that. I don't know. I don't do drugs. But people tell me that it feels the same. You can get that feeling naturally just by connecting to the energy of life that is all around. And he's been learning this through the tools all these last five months. But he never gave himself permission that it was actually possible to step through that doorway into that other world until 10 days ago. And then he started and he felt it. And then he's been going into it more and more and more and believing it more and more and more. And today he said to me the very same thing I said to him five months ago. I now believe that this concussion is the best thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. He believes that now. He has the mental hooks to latch his thoughts onto. He has the feeling of the energy in his body. He has the sensation of the emotion. He has all three parts. The body sensation, the feeling of emotion inside of him, and the mental thought hooks that are all in coherence with each other. And I explained that to him. I explained what's happening. As he told me, he said, sometimes I do the meditations and the feeling is so strong in me, that feeling of buzzing, that feeling of tingling, that feeling of the energy, I just want to, I just cry tears of joy. That's what he said to me. A 15-year-old kid. Oh my gosh. If he can do it, anybody can do it. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It just takes giving yourself permission that it's possible. It just takes the tools and practicing the tools. It just takes the language and the understanding and the mental framework to wrap your mind around it. Those three parts go along with the body, the mind, the spirit. It's possible for anybody. He's still recovering from his concussion, but he said also, I want to help other kids who have had traumatic brain injuries. I want to help others experience this. He's realizing that he has tools that are not just about healing from an accident. They're tools for life. And he said, I'm a different person now, Lisa. He said, I'm so motivated. I want to get up when I'm better. I want to run three miles a day. I want to do well in school. I want to learn new things. I want to play instruments. I want to just, and I said, yeah, you want to live life fully. Not numbed out, playing video games all the time. Not tuned out on your phone and technology all the time not zoned out, not listening to yourself, just listening to what everybody else is saying and doing and wants and not tuning into what you say and do and want. No, you want to live life fully from the inside out. 
connected to your spirit, connected to your soul, connected to you. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I want that. So we're going to write a book together about all this because this has to be shared with his generation. Teenagers are just way too, they have way too many issues. They don't learn these things. They need to know these tools. They need to know this language. They need to know this possibility. They need to give themselves permission to go to this place. Look at how possible it is. If a 15-year-old kid can do this, his spirit is switched on now. And when that happens, there is no going back. When you connect to the light, there is no going back. He has this guidance now for the rest of his life. He will be able to tune into a part of himself that knows, that knows, not just believes or hopes or thinks, but knows what to do, what to say, what he wants, what his intention is. It will guide him through life like a GPS, like an inner GPS. All he has to do is program it with his destination. What is it that he wants? How does he want to feel? What kind of life does he want? He is now connected to that part of himself that knows. We get trained out of that part when we're kids. I certainly did when I was little. We get trained to listen to all the other figures of authority in our life. Parents, teachers, coaches, ministers, friends, uncles, aunts, everybody, every older person, even older siblings. We get trained to listen to everybody except ourselves. We don't have a language for our inner world. We don't have meaning and understanding of our inner world. We are not taught it. We don't know the difference between in intuition, instinct, intention. There's huge differences between those words huge feeling differences, all the different emotions. We learn a few of them, but many kids today, they say, they say to me in workshops and classes that I do, I'm not kidding, university kids and high school kids have asked me, what is the difference between a feeling and a thought? I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's a tragedy. That's a tragedy that we need to fix in our society. And when we do, when the next generation grows up knowing the difference between a thought and a feeling, knowing the difference between their body, their mind, and the spirit, and knowing how to tap into each part of them, themselves, knowing how to connect, integrate, elevate, regulate all these three parts of themselves, knowing how to feel whole, they will not need to go to drugs. They will not need to self-harm. They will not need to develop addictions to video games or alcohol or substances or violent or risky behaviors. They will not need to do that. They will not need to numb out from who they are because they will like who they are. They will be able to be comfortable in their own skin. They will be able to spend time with themselves and they will be able to know how to connect to that part of themselves that accepts who they are, that cultivates and grows who they are, and leads them on a path towards who they want to become. <laughs> so I am unbelievably happy today because 
Now I know that if a 15-year-old can do it, anybody can do it. I know that I can explain it to him in a way that he can get it. That means I can explain it to others. I know that I can hold space for him to step into that container of energy and feel it and then learn the tools. You know, he said to me, Lisa, I, when I do the meditation, I feel amazing, but then it doesn't last. And I said, yeah, the first step is learning and remembering in your body what that even feels like to be connected to your spirit. And for the adults out there, maybe it's been a really long time. Maybe it's been decades since you felt that feeling. So that's the first step is to even feel like and let your body, mind, spirit remember what it feels like to connect to your spirit. And when you do, you will cry. You won't be able to hold it yet, but you will cry with that memory and that knowing of what that is and that connection to that deeper part of yourself. And then the next step is practicing the tools, the language, the thoughts, and turning those new thoughts into beliefs. Thoughts that are repeated over and over become beliefs. Acquiring a new set of beliefs and values that you can hook that energy onto so that you can hold it consistently and steadily over time. And the fluctuations lessen. The lows are not so low. The highs go higher. And you start rising step by step, steadily up towards your highest creative potential. Even if you don't know what that is, you know what that feels like. And that's all you have to do is start there. Set your intention to rise to your highest creative potential in life. Even if you don't know what that is. And then life will bring you the things to start that process and to walk forward on that path. Intention leads to action and action leads to result. <laughs> I'm standing by a tree with my back on my favorite tree right now because I need the grounding of the tree to keep my feet literally on the earth because my heart is in the sky right now. So the tree's helping me. And as I take some deep breaths, pull this energy down. This kid, he said, I call that feeling elation. <laughs> he gave it a word. He knows our process. You give feelings, sensations in your body words so you can identify them, so you can recreate them, so you can repeat them. I pull that feeling of elation down now from my head, down through my body, down through the bottoms of my feet and make it the floor and make it the base that I stand on. And now I, he, we rise together from there. Okay, P.S. <laughs> Little addendum. 
I want to explain a few more things. So this kid asked me, Lisa, when I feel that buzzing sensation in my body, when I'm just deep breathing and I'm tuned into the energy that's flowing inside of me, he said, what, what is that? And I said, that's the force. <laughs> you know, in Star Wars, the force, that's the force. You know, the matrix, that's also the matrix, but not an evil matrix, a good matrix of love energy. That's literally the energy in quantum physics. It's called the quantum field. In new age terminology, it's called the thinking stuff of the universe. There's a, all this empty space around us and in us is not actually empty. Scientists have proven this. <laughs> there's energy, there's a matrix, there is a connection between all physical things. And it actually comprises most of the space of us. If you take an atom, pretend an atom is the size of a football field, the nucleus of the atom would be like a basketball in the 50-yard line. The electrons and protons would be flies buzzing up in the high bleachers. The rest of that entire football stadium, that entire atom, is empty space. We're mostly empty space. We're mostly nothing, except that empty space isn't just empty. There's a magic in there. There's a substance in there that he is now tapping into. He can feel it in his body. And this is the, what I call the web of life. The same thing that runs, the same energy that runs through you and me runs through the sea runs through the trees, runs through every living thing on the planet. It's the tapestry of the physical plane. And if you learn to tap into this, not only can you feel amazing, but you can also create everything you want from the inside out. This is the dragon magic. This is what, why I wrote the book Dragonfly, which is coming out this fall, by the way. It's the magic of creation. It's the magic of how to work with the nothing, the invisible world that is inside us, that is around us. We can work with it. We can play with it. If <laughs> this all sounds like crazy stuff to you, well, read some quantum physics because people have shown that if you take a photon of light, same one photon, you split it in two and you put them 14 miles apart, seven miles in one direction, one photon, seven miles in the other direction, the other photon, and you do something with one photon, it happens to the other photon at exactly the same moment. There's no time lag. And the only way they can explain this is by understanding that there's actually a matrix. 
that's connecting them. There's something connecting those two photons of light. Something invisible. <sighs> yeah, breathe that in. <laughs> the nothing is not actually nothing. The nothing is actually the petri dish <laughs> and the substance from which everything comes. The other thing scientists have shown is that the observer affects the particle. So the consciousness of the observer affects a particle. The way that you look at something, the way, the energy that you have that you look at something affects that particle. Consciousness and matter are not so separate. They're actually very much connected. The dragon magic and the earth magic are one. The inner world and the outer world are becoming one. To quote from a book I've been reading by Llewellyn Von Lee, matter is spinning and dancing with the same love that radiates in our soul. The power of love and the energy of matter are one and the same and come from the same source. <laughs> I know this is like not your everyday podcast. It's not like something you just hear while you're chopping onions and making dinner. But just think about it. What if Everything actually is connected by your spirit, by tapping into your spirit. Would this not be the thing you would want to do the most out of anything? To get anything you want, to be anything, anyone you want to be, to do anything you want to do? This would be the way to do it. And that is what is called flow. When you tap into this, you tap into the flow. It's not just about feeling good. Everybody thinks, well, the goal is to feel calm and centered and really happy. And yes, that is definitely the goal. But it's not the end goal. <laughs> it's just the beginning. It's kind of like black belt and karate. People think when you get to black belt, you reach the end. No. When you get to black belt, you're just at the beginning. Because now you have enough skills that you can actually do something with them. Now you have enough skills, you can actually do something with them. When you are calm and centered and grounded and happy in your life, you have enough skills, you can actually do something with them. You can create what you want. You can live your purpose. You can share and spread the love in whatever way that looks like for you. Whether you're a coach, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a widget maker, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you love, you can spread that with very little resistance because now you know how to get into the flow. Maybe that seems unimaginable from where you are right now, but it's not. 
I just told the story of a 15-year-old who had no clue about this, no clue whatsoever about flow or being or balancing anything five months ago. Okay, five friggin' months ago. And now look, all because he allowed himself to believe. He allowed himself to believe. He just let go of all his disbelief, his fears and his doubts. What if you did that just for a few days? Just try it. What have you got to lose? (laughs) That's what I said to him when he finally got to rock bottom, finally the bottom of the pit. He resisted, 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 finally got to the bottom of the pit, dark, dingy, and was tired of being there. Finally, he was ready to let that go. Okay, now we're ready to begin. Let's go.